1: the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, Fantasy Football Rewind.
2: All right, good evening everybody. Welcome back. Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. I'm filling in. I'm George Kurtz and I'm filling in for Scott Engel. Scott was uh, covering for Gabe Morenzi all day today, so Scott needed uh, the night off. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Jim, I think Scott's going
3: to uh, Seattle next week to see the Seahawks play. Yeah, he's been one of the few stadiums he hasn't actually been in, even though he's a huge Seahawks fan. He's been writing for Seahawks.com for years. This is the first time he's actually getting to go to their stadium and watch a game, and he's actually fully credentialed, so he'll be able to get on the field and do all kinds of fun stuff.
2: That's fantastic. That really is fantastic. I hope he has a great time. I don't know who the Seahawks play next week, offhand, but I may be rooting for them to lose, as uh, since I'm a Cowboy fan, I may need that wild card spot. But uh, uh, good for him. I really do hope he has a good time there. So uh, good for you, Mr. Angle. Have fun. Uh, so, all right, back to today's games. We've done the uh, we've done the late games. And by the way, Aaron Jones just ran in a touchdown for uh, Green Bay. Uh, for those, once again, thank listening, you again. Oh, my God. How far are you behind? I even waited. <laughs> oh, They're behind? not in
3: there yet. Yeah. Oh,
2: God. All right. Uh, let's, talk about, uh, let's talk about Lamar Jackson. All right, do we so have Kim, to? I think we do. Actually, I think it's important okay. to talk about Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Cam Stewart and I were, uh, I wouldn't say we were debating, but we were talking about this during, the, uh, during uh, Fantasy Football Live. Joe Flacco, let's say he's healthy next week you're Baltimore, you're Harbour, or you're going back to Flacco?
3: Uh, I mean, I, I think you have to. Again, you know, Lamar Jackson to me just doesn't, is, isn't ready to be a full-time starter in the NFL. Sure, he's great with his legs, but he's he still has a long way to go as a passing quarterback in this league. A lot of things he needs to to learn and work on. I, I just, man, uh, you know, I, I don't know. He, he's got him two wins. He does what he does, but I, I just don't think there's a lot of upside with it him in the passing game.
2: I can't argue that, all right, because you're absolutely right. His his passing has a long ways to go. Uh, it was better this week than last week, but really, I mean, not very good. You look at the game itself, you just look at the wide receivers. I mean, uh, what Crabtree had a couple of catches. John Brown, one catch. Uh, I mean, one for 25, Crabtree, three for 21. It's all about his legs right now. I mean, it certainly is. But I bring it up because the team seems to be responding for them. Right now, they're in the second wild card position. You know, so they're in a playoff spot right now. And Obviously, they, they only, could have only done better today, not worse. Uh, their schedule coming up, Jim, is, is nice. I mean, it's really nice. They play at Atlanta next week. We know they have no defense, right? I mean, it's, it's on the road. It's at Atlanta, so it's not the easiest place to play. But still, it's a, a good matchup for really any quarterback. Then they're at KC. Same problem. You know, that's KC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to score 1,000 points. That's really not his problem. But once again, a team that can't stop anybody. Then uh, but wait,
3: they're they're a little better at home than they are in the road, Kansas City. They're definitely a tougher defense at home. Sure, most teams are. But it's still, it's a good matchup.
2: He's not playing a, a great defense. No. Uh, then they play Tampa Bay. You know, and then it's then the, Char- the Chargers, and Week 17 is at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland at home, sorry. Chargers would be a tough matchup there. But... <laughs> See, I go back and forth on this because part of me agrees with you that you know Flacco probably gives you a better chance to win those games. You know, but Lamar Jackson, the team is responding. He's scoring points. I understand two defensive scores today. You know, but he's scoring points somewhat. You want him to learn. You want him to be the man. Here's your long-term man. So Flacco's done after the season. So I just don't know. I think for me, if I think the it's a weird thing, but the Ravens probably better if they weren't in a playoff spot right now. And then it would be an easy, easy decision. They were four and six instead of six and four. You know, way they had no chance. I absolutely go, agree there. Right. right. But the problem is they're not. I said they're in a playoff spot right now. So it's funny. I, I took the other, the other side of this argument earlier. I wanted, I thought Lamar Jackson should go. And now they're talking with Cam and they're seeing uh, with you as well. I can see I'm starting to change my mind that, you, know, you, know, you don't, you don't, make, you don't have a chance to make the playoffs every year. When you have that chance, you should do it. But Flacco does give you a better chance to win.
3: Look, if he goes up against Kansas City, look, I know Baltimore has a good defense, but they're not stopping Kansas City from scoring. Kansas City is going to put up points. Lamar Jackson doesn't give you that capability of being able to come back with his legs. He just doesn't. It, the, the upside isn't there uh, as much as it would be with a passing quarterback. And like we just said, you know, each of these games, except the charges, are nice, easy defenses that should give Flacco plenty of time. And I think the only possibility of being able to stay in those games is to throw the football, and Lamar Jackson it just isn't there yet.
2: No, he's not. Well, they're, they're not going to beat Kansas City no matter what. No, that's a loss. They can, they can think whatever they want. They're not beating KC. The other games, though, and maybe the Chargers games are lost as well. But the other games are definitely winnable. Nine and seven is possible for uh, Baltimore here. And that probably gets you a wild card in the AFC. Taylor probably gets you a wild card in the NFC. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, like I said, you and Cam have uh, convinced me enough, even though they, I don't think they're a Super Bowl contending team. But, uh, you know, you got a chance to make the playoffs. Lamar Jackson's obviously not ready passing wise. And by the way, if they keep running him this much, he won't be ready any- anywise because he's going to get and killed. It-
3: Right, and that's the other thing. It's not like he's a big body quarterback uh, like Cam Newton that could take those kind of hits.
2: No, no, the, he's uh, he's not. He's not built like Cam, or even Russell Wilson, who's not as even near as big as Cam, but a little thicker because he's a little shorter. It looks like, but it just like I said, uh, it's an interesting dynamic because I've I picked up I picked up Lamar Jackson in a uh, two quarterback league, and the last two weeks I've started him over Matthew Stafford. You know, so and I'm very happy to do so because that's worked out for me somewhat
3: there. So I think it's. Oh, I wouldn't blame you at all. I don't think Matthew Stafford's any even worthy of a start at this point.
2: No, I agree. He's got nobody left. Golden Tate. You know he's on Philadelphia. Marvin Jones is, uh, can't stay healthy. on Johnson was out this week too. Stafford was yep. an easy sit this week in Chicago. Uh, last week I uh, was a little tougher there, but uh, I certainly moved on from him. All right, so we're we're starting uh, Lamar Jackson here. Oh, we're not starting Lamar Jackson if we're Baltimore. All right, I gotta agree here. All right, Oakland. Do we care? Anything to talk about with Oakland?
3: Really? Nothing. Anything? I can't really care about no, not at all. Next. Uh, all right, yeah. next.
2: Screw Oakland. Seattle, uh, Carolina. Jim. uh... Now, I know, once again, you. I'm sure you're watching a Giant Eagle game today. Uh, but this, is, this game happened where it, we've seen this several times this year. And this is one of the most things that annoy me. It's tied 27-27. Carolina's driving. But as soon as they get to about the 35-yard line of Seattle, you know, it's under two minutes to go for the game-winning field goal, they start playing conservative. They start playing for the 50-yard field goal. And I hate that. You know, Dallas thought it's cost them a game this year. And we've seen so many of uh, these kickers miss these field goals. But they, that's what they did. They, you know, they Not throwing the ball anymore. Now they're just trying, they're running it. And Seattle knew they were going to run it. They, they slowed them down, ended up being a 52-yarder, and Gano missed it. <laughs> We've seen this over and over uh, this, uh, this year. It, more and more coaches are going with the game theory of trying to win the game. And I always call this playing to lose when you do stuff like this. You know, you've got to drive the ball. Drive the ball down the field. Get that field going with the 30 yards here. So how did you feel, I'm, I'm, if you saw the game, how did you feel about this? They ended up missing the field goal, then Russell Wilson drove him right down for the game-winning field goal, but he got down inside the 10. What, what are coaching decisions like that? How does that make you feel?
3: Well, I'm with you. It's just bad. Uh, it's always been bad. It's like the prevent defense. All it ever did was prevent you from winning. Um, you know, it never seemed to work. It, I, I don't get why if you have something that's working all game, you go away from it at the end of the game if it's been going well for you it's been working all game why do you go away from it look this is what killed me with the giants today barkley has an incredible first half he got four touches in the second half four touches how do you how do you let this guy who has been rookie of the year by far you know maybe one of the top offensive players in the game and he gets four touches in the second half how, how do you justify that i need to know there's there's nothing out there outside of injury that justifies him getting four touches in the second half. It, it perplexes the mind. Jim, I'm doing the
2: score updates from four o'clock on, and I'm looking for an injury for Barkley. I kept uh, cause I kept saying it. You know, Barkley wasn't barely used in the second half. Well, we haven't heard anything of an injury, and he seemed to be fine. It it didn't make a lot of sense to go away from him. Once again, I think coaches outsmart themselves. Oh, the other team knows we're going to give it to Barkley. Who cares? You know, back in the 90s, the Dallas Cowboys had like six running plays with Emmitt Smith. They didn't care. If you couldn't, if you can't stop it, you can't stop it. And they couldn't stop Barkley today. Yet you went away from it. you. You tried to be cute, and I said I thought there was an injury today. I really did. I kept looking for. Yeah. It. I'm looking all over Twitter, look, looking for this injury, and
3: there was nothing to be found. At least nothing that was reported. Maybe it happened, but he was standing on the sideline with his helmet the rest of the game. He just wasn't getting in the game and wasn't getting any touches. So I have no real reason here what happened. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. I mean, it could be a Todd Gurley situation. We saw that Monday night where he got hurt early
2: on. That's why they didn't use him all that much. Maybe, uh, you're right, there certainly could be something we'll hear about tomorrow. But it was it was certainly strange. And then Odell Beckham, of course, comes out after the game and pretty much tortures the coaching staff, saying, uh, yeah, the game plan wasn't to attack the secondary. I find that hard to believe.
3: Well, really. Yeah, really. Pretty- I agree. <laughs> you know, you're, you're talking about third, second and third string, actually third and fourth string cornerbacks for, for Philadelphia. You should have been throwing down the field the entire game. Absolutely. And these are literally guys, oh,
2: I see some guys playing on a lot. Guys, can you play cornerback this Sunday? What do you think? I mean, they were going down that deep that they had nobody left. Uh, So that just didn't make any sense to me at all uh, in that game. Why do you think Golden Tate is having such a hard time getting incorporated into this offense?
3: Uh, to me, uh, it makes no sense at all. that This team, you know, made a living out of using their slot receiver last year. Uh, Al- Aguilar went out and had a, a, a great year, and this year they bring in Tate to be that slot guy, and they just can't find ways to get him involved? How stupid is that? What's going on there? It, do, it doesn't make any sense in the world uh, that they can't get the slot guy involved. It, it's not that hard. Um, it just especially after they talked all week about, oh, you know, we need to get him more involved and yada, 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 and then nothing once again.
2: No, it doesn't, especially when you consider, once again, I'm the Cowboy guy here, and no one considers the Cowboy coaching staff a bunch of geniuses. Yet they've gotten Cooper involved. I understand one's an outside receiver, one's a slot guy, but most people consider the Eagles a much better coaching staff, and yet they haven't figured out a way to get Tate. I mean – why are they not coaching him correctly? Is Tate very slow to pick up the offense? I kind of find I find that hard to believe. Guys, this is not a rookie. Yeah,
3: Guys, right. It's very strange here. <laughs> One of the best slot receivers in the game. It's a, it's it just—it just doesn't strange. it does not make sense. Yeah, doesn't make sense
2: at all. But then again, you know when you think about it, Aguilar wasn't doing anything before him. Maybe it's not so much Tate. Maybe it's just the.
3: Wentz isn't using the slot as much, or for whatever reason, or they can't? They well, he yet? targeted. He targeted him eight times today. He just only had four receptions for thirty yards. I mean, it's not like he didn't get the target attempts. It just, I'd love to see, it, and I'll probably look at it tomorrow. Is how many of them were catchable balls? Um, because I didn't get to actually. I didn't watch this entire game. Uh, I, I I couldn't take Chris Spielman, who who was doing the the play by play. In this game, he was a terrible announcer. Um, I, I did everything Eagles did was right, even when they were getting beat by 19-3. Everything they did was right. A- everything the Giants did was wrong to him the entire game, uh, and I just couldn't listen to him anymore. Look, I don't like the Giants for a lot of things either, but you know, some of the stuff he was just talking about was just credible. So I, I kept going away from him, going to uh, to uh, Red Zone and watching the Red Zone a lot on the day. So I didn't see the entire game. I'll go back and watch the whole game later when I don't have to listen to him on the game pass. But, uh, I, you know, it's hard to say how it worked out for that, but man, it's just, I don't know. Golden Tate has definitely been a mystery to me. Um, and you know, you, you bring up Cooper was a great point. You know, absolutely. They get him in there and they put him right to work. And outside of the one slow week last week, he's been really good for them. And of course, Turkey day had a great game. Um, And that was fun, too, because it finally got to to shut uh, Aikman up. Uh, man, I hated that early in the game. All you heard from Aikman was, "Ah, oh, you know, uh, you know, everybody's talking about how good Cooper's doing, but he his longest reception since joining the team's only 24 yards. It's only 24 yards. It's only 20. So he must have said it <laughs> about six times, and then Cooper went out and you know caught the two long passes, you know, and finally just shut him up for that. I couldn't. Ah, uh, I, I hate that kind of stuff. You say it once, you don't have to say it 82 freaking times.
2: Makes uh, me it's crazy. Funny.
3: Uh, I didn't know the stat coming in, and, uh,
2: but as soon as you said it, I'm like, oh, it's 24 yards. And I, I, of course, I heard them say it so many times. That's why I knew where you were going with it. Yeah, I didn't know it without them saying it all the time, so it stuck in my head as well. I think what Aikman may have been trying to point out was that uh, the Cowboys, and this is not just under Prescott. Romo, they did this as well. They don't attack the secondary, not in the middle of the field. They make it very easy to defend, just defend the, the outside the numbers. And you know, I think that's where Akron was really going with that, that they just don't throw the ball deep. They don't attack the secondary. And it was good to see Dallas do that. Now, I understand. On Turkey Day, they got lucky. All right? On the one play, the cornerback slipped and Cooper's gone. Yeah, that was nice.
3: Yeah. Right,
2: the other play, there were three defenders around Cooper. It was like they were saying, well, you want to get him or should I get him? Oh, well, he's leaving <laughs> now. One of us should probably tackle him. And he's gone again. So, And once again, but that happens. Mm. You can give guys chances. It happens here. By the way, I'm going to assume you're caught up now. Cousins hit Stephon Diggs with a touchdown pass. The game's tied at 14. Oh, Rangers again? Are you did it to me again. No way you're five minutes behind.
3: <laughs>
2: no yeah. So, yeah, it can be. I don't, I don't get the tape thing. I don't see, understand how one team can do it. Although Demarius Thomas, you know, tomorrow night, I, they've only got two games. The first game, you had three catches. Last mm. week, nothing. So we're sort of, okay, that could be an operation last week, right? Just one game. So I'm kind of curious tomorrow night. Do they get him more involved? We heard Bill O'Brien say that, oh, yeah, I have to get him more involved. I really care what the coach says. But uh, I wonder if they're going to be able to do so. And I know I heard a lot of people, a lot of fantasy pundits, who would have rather have started Kiki over Thomas tomorrow. Did you feel the same?
3: I think Kiki's a little – safer at this point because they haven't been getting Thomas involved. Do I think he's a better wide receiver than Thomas? No, I don't, but they, they haven't been getting him involved. Maybe that does change this week, but you know, at this point, Kiki's got to be a little safer.
2: Yeah, I think that's exactly the word I would have used. I think Thomas has more upside. Kiki save it depending on what you want tomorrow. If you had both and you can only start one, it probably depends on how many points you need. If you need probably under ten, I'm probably going Kiki. If you need double digits, I'll probably go Demarius. But uh, I also wondered this, Jim. Uh, I was it was exciting the trading de- the trade deadline this year for the first time in a while, ever maybe. You know, baseball, mm-hmm. hockey, two sports I follow. The trade deadlines always action. Football usually not. I don't want the fact that Tate hasn't done much and Thomas hasn't done much to sort of wash that away. You know, Cooper is helping, right? I want to see the NFL trade deadline mean something uh, keep going on here. It's fun. It's fun to see these trades. It's fun to see these teams uh, make these moves. But I hope it doesn't go away because, oh, they can't can't learn the system quick enough, which I I sort of get here. Jim Day, Fantasy Taz, George Kurtz will be back with you after this. Welcome back, Fantasy Football Rewind. I'm George Kurtz filling in for Scott Angle. Joined as always each Sunday night from eight to ten by Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz. So, Jim,
3: give me some of your observations from Week Twelve. Well, not so much observations, but I do have a question about your team. You're a Dallas Cowboy fan, and you know we talked about some franchise quarterbacks and i'd like to get your your take on whether or not you feel as a cowboys fan that Dak prescott is your franchise quarterback or not
2: i don't i don't think he's a franchise quarterback uh now once again i guess this could depend upon your definition of franchise quarterback i am certainly not paying him 100 million dollars i think that's i think that's crazy i've seen nothing that shows his, his improvement here He's really regressed uh, from year one, doesn't see the field well, doesn't see deep down the field at all. You know, so I think that's probably your biggest concern. Now, once again, this may not be him. It could be the coaching staff. As I said earlier, they don't want him to throw the ball down the field. They don't. You know, At least they didn't. Maybe now they'll trust Cooper a little bit more, and they'll let him open up a little bit. The offensive line has been uh, a mess this year. You know, So I guess that could be blamed on it as well. But he also holds the ball a long time. So do, uh, when you say franchise, do I think he's anywhere near – uh, you know, he's certainly nowhere near the big guys, A. Rod, Breeze, anybody like that. I think he's more in the mixes of, you know, probably the t- a tear down from the Kirk Cousins of the world. You know, so he has. I think he has some room to grow, and maybe he could end up being a Kirk Cousins type. But he's not there now. I think he's an average NFL quarterback. But the problem is, Dallas will have to make a decision. And you know, Jerry Jones is going to sign him. You know, because Jones keeps you know saying it over and over again. Even Troy, when you brought him up, he said he wouldn't trade Dak with two number one picks. I would. I would fairly easily. I don't even think it would, uh, 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 it'd be an easy thought for me just to straight him away. I don't think he's. I don't think it's going to be anything special, Jim.
3: Well, I agree. I mean, his rookie season, he did. He looked good. You know, we see that a lot with young quarterbacks. They come out and have one great year, and then uh, regress mightily after that. And you know, that's what we're looking at here. And you know, look, it. He's. Played better fantasy wise. He's put up good fantasy numbers over the last month and a half, no doubt. I mean, having some great games, and a lot of that is helped by the five rushing touchdowns he's had in the last six games. But as a as a passer, he's you know he's not really up there. He's not getting it done. Um, he's had what four games this year with less than two hundred yards. I think he's only had, you know, including today, maybe four games. Yeah, you know, one, two, three, four games over. Uh, you know 270 yards passing uh, not now over 250 yards passing I'll go a little lower so it's not like he's putting up a ton of yardage uh through the air but the you know for fantasy purposes the rushing touchdowns are absolutely helping but I I don't I'm I'm with you I don't think he's somebody I would con- consider a franchise quarterback at this point uh, I I could he be a good, solid NFL quarterback? Yeah, but I, I don't know if he's ever going to be the, the star that they wanted him to be.
2: You know, when I, when I think of a quarterback, I always think, does he make the team around him better? No. Is anybody better because Dak Prescott's
3: the quarterback? No. Well, I mean, the only I, one you could say that about is maybe Amari Cooper. He's better so far with Dallas than he was before. But I wonder, if is Amari Cooper making Dak better? Well, and I think Amari Cooper's just opening up this whole offense.
2: Yeah, he's uh, well, he, he's helped Dallas immensely now. And that big game he had on Thanksgiving will help even more because now his safety's will have to back off. And they're going to have to play more to his side of the field, which should open up things for Ezekiel Elliott. That being said, Dallas plays New Orleans on Thursday, Jim. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to go well.
3: Uh, it probably won't go well, and then you also have Washington playing Philadelphia next week. So we're we all six and six. Jim. Yeah, we can end the week with three six and six teams uh, in the NFC least. and uh, my Giants way back in the back, which is nice. We can finally put that. Oh, the Giants are still in it to bed now. I'm glad. Let's just get rid of that crap. Stop that talk right now, and just put it to bed. Uh, you know, currently, right now, uh, as Much as it pisses me off, they're already down to pick five. Uh, You know, heading into Sunday night football, here was the updated draft order 49ers at pick one, Cardinals at pick two, Raiders at pick three, the Jets at pick four, and the Giants at pick five. You know, so they've already slid down there, winning two meaningless games. Man, they shouldn't win another one.
2: (laughs) You know, assuming that draft order stays the same, that's interesting. 49ers have Garoppolo. Cardinals have Rosen. There'd be, there'd, be some, there'd be some trading going on there. Because generally you have the top picks you trade out to the team that, uh is quarterback nuts. And I think what Herbert is the guy that people are gonna be uh, aiming for here. Uh and things can obviously change by draft time. But uh if that happens, that'd be interesting to see what the uh what they would do. with the Raiders try and trade up Do the Raiders really believe in Derek Carr? You know, I think that's a lie. I don't think they do. I think they'll either I think Absolutely. they'll be drafting yeah. their quarterback in the future. That's what I expect anyway. But uh, that's interesting. But, yeah, that being said, as far as the NFC least is concerned, I think it's going to be 6-6 six and after six the next week. I think Dallas will lose to New Orleans, and I think Philadelphia will be Washington, and everyone's six 6-6. and six, You know, the last four games, they'll battle for that. You know, and I think the first team to get the nine wins easily, and eight might do it. And Dallas yeah. and Philadelphia play each other in week 14, which would be pretty close to a must-win for Philadelphia because you can't lose to that's Dallas. the
3: Dallas. The, that's the only game I want the Giants to win for the rest of the year is against your Dallas team. <laughs> This is why no one likes you. You can't give it to me. You can't just say, no. hey, you can have a win. You can have I, 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 you. I would if I didn't have to listen to Corey every single day.
0: Who about oh, them
3: Cowboys? God, your team hasn't won a playoff game in 20 years. Get off of it. <laughs> uh, Corey
2: is the biggest homer for the Dallas and the Yankees and the teams he roots for. Well. Really, God bless you, Corey. I'm glad you enjoy but, uh, you know, it's a reality every every now and then. Hey, I want the Cowboys to win mainly because so that number one pick doesn't hurt. You know, because uh, I, I
3: hate yeah, that. Yeah, right, trade. right. The, the better they finish, yeah, right. The, the worse the number I, one pick they gave away. I hated that trade when it
2: first happened, Jim. I didn't, number one pick, really? It'd be mainly because I thought Dallas was going to bottom out and be a top ten pick. I didn't want to see that happen. Now I've been debating it myself. Uh, if they make the playoffs, whether it's win with division or a wild card, the, is that, does that mean the number one pick, giving up was good? Even though I know they're not going to win, and they'd be lucky to win a playoff game. I doubt they will. You know, and they're certainly not going to win, you know, go deep into the playoffs. But is that alone worth giving up a number one pick, making the playoffs?
3: Uh, you know, look, it's Amari Cooper. I've never been a huge fan, um, you know, all preseason I was saying, 40% of his games he plays very well. The other 60%, not so much. Uh, that's not a real good number for me, especially where, you know, in most fantasy drafts where he goes, I just don't think he gives value, but now he's in a place where, you know, they definitely need him to be that number one guy that they need to go to every week because nobody else has stepped up. Alan Hearns was a guy I thought would come in and do some damage. Hasn't done anything. Uh, Michael Gallup, rookie wide receiver, is very hard to count on, you know, Cole Beasley is what he is. He's going to have a couple of good games a year. Uh, most of the other times, he's good for a couple of catches to get first downs, and that's about it. Uh, and, you know, Williams is Williams. So, But, uh, you know, he he at least opens up the defenses, and that's what they wanted. So, you know, in, in that way, I think he is worth that cost because he does open it up for Dak a little bit more, but mostly for Ezekiel Elliott to really get, you know, more running room and lanes that he can work with. And for that reason alone, I think he's worth it.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you you may be right. You may be right. Uh, Especially where they're going to end up picking now. I don't think it's going to bother Cowboy fans as much. Jim, let's talk about another quarterback. We're going to talk about Jameis Winston. Okay? Had a good game today. Good, solid uh, game today. Once again, uh, he has to, no matter what happens, he can throw nine interceptions next week. He has to play the rest of the year. In my mind, until the Buccaneers know one way or the other what they want to do with him. they're gonna pick up his fifty year option for twenty million twenty one million next year, or they're not, and they're gonna let him let him go and find another quarterback. Once again, you're a GM. Let's say he doesn't fall let's just say he's average the rest of the year. Yeah, it doesn't fall apart, but does doesn't light it up either. What are you doing here?
3: Look, there's a lot to to like about him, but there's a lot not to like about him, you know, including off field issues and you know he's still a young quarterback so he could get better but you know when when you're dealing with with those off field issues and you you get into points where you got places where you got to worry about suspensions and stuff like that very hard to pay quarterbacks big money especially quarterback money when you have to deal with those kind of things and you know I, i'm just not sure he's good enough to make up for those transgressions would you just sign for would you just sign for the 21 million to so get another year the judge uh man I, I, it really depends on what options you have i mean right now they don't really have any good options uh you know going into the draft um, will they have a good enough spot to to pick a you know a good quarterback eh, maybe I think right now they're at the number 10 spot on the year if the season ended. and now they would get the 10th draft pick. So maybe they can get a good quarterback out of that. But, you know, from all, all I'm hearing, and I'm not the biggest college football guy, so it's not coming from me, but from what I'm hearing, uh, people on Twitter talking and, and articles I've read, it's not going to be the greatest quarterback class coming out. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, guys that just aren't really ready yet that may be there. To be picked so if that's the case and we talked about it already you got the Raiders at three probably looking at a quarterback probably got the Giants at five looking at a quarterback probably have the Jaguars at six looking at a quarterback Uh, you know so all of those teams are in play at that point and if they're all looking at quarterbacks that the Buccaneers at 10 might have a hard time finding one ah but that's where we're trading
2: with San Fran and the Arizona would come in right that's where the fun begins on draft day you get those two teams that could, uh, as of right now, that have the top two picks that we don't think will take a quarterback. We don't think San Fran would take one over Garoppolo. We don't think Arizona would take one over Rosen. So that's where the fun would begin there. But I, once again, I agree with you. I don't um, I don't follow college all that closely either. But everything I hear is that this is nowhere near the quarterback crop of last year. where you had Donald, Mayfield, Rosen, Allen, Lamar Jackson went there. Uh, you're not going to have five quarterbacks taking in the first round this year. So that's sa- same thing I hear. So interesting. It'll be fun to, in the offseason here. As far as this season, fantasy-wise, Winston was starting him, right? I mean, uh, he's fantasy gold. They can't stop anybody, so they have to throw the ball to keep up with teams. I understand San Fran didn't play very well today, but still Winston threw what, 300 yards, two touchdowns, ran for 20 yards. In my mind, he's fantasy gold. He starts for me.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, outside of the games where they've had to make the switch, between him and Fitzpatrick, either way, uh, these both of these guys have been top ten quarterbacks pretty much every week, because of the reasons you know we talk about. They don't have a great running running game. Peyton Barber, you know, has had a couple of good games, but that's about it. Otherwise, he's been basically non-existent. And the defense has been very bad. I mean, they've gotten a little better since they made the you know the, the coaching change, but still very bad. Not you know not good at all. And as long as they keep giving up points, then you know either Winston or Fitzpatrick was going to have to throw a ton to keep them in games. And while they do have a tendency to throw interceptions as well as touchdowns, you know, normally you could take that if if a guy's going out and throwing for 350 yards and three touchdowns, you can take one or two interceptions in your fantasy league and still, you know, get a good score out of them. So that doesn't really bother us as fantasy owners. But, you know, it's definitely a concern for the team that they do have a tendency to throw a lot of picks. Yeah, you know, on on the season, on the season. With just to point out, with Winston, you know, he's thrown ten touchdowns in his limited games. I'm, you know, a little over five and a half games, or actually two half games. So five games complete, Uh, he's thrown ten touchdowns, but he's thrown eleven interceptions. Yeah, well, doesn't always know where it's going. Good enough, I guess. Four points for somebody.
2: One for a pick. Right, someone's (laughs) catching the ball. All right, Uh, New England. All right came today. Yeah, they beat the Jets. I don't think it was all that impressive. Uh but they beat the Jets. I want to talk about Gronk. Uh Listen, first quarter he looked good. He looked good. He was getting down the field. Brady was looking for him. He had the one touchdown catch, which was a great play all around here. And Brady targeted him two other times in the uh in the end zone that were knocked away one by Jamal Adams. I forget who the second one was. It might be Jamal Adams again. So he was targeting him in the uh the red zone.
3: Are we back on Gronk or we still have worries here? Well, like you said, he was moving better early in the game, and later in the game, there seemed to be a little bit more of a hitch in his giddy-up. But look, Gronk has the upside. Uh, you know, if he's on the field, then he has the upside. And, you know, with the tight end grouping that we've had this year, you got to take that upside over pretty much anybody not named Kelsey or Ertz. Uh, you know, even Kittle had nothing today. Uh, he's been one of the most consistent tight ends all year, and he had nothing. Ertz has been very consistent all year. Last week he had nothing. Uh, you know, so nobody is immune to that. Uh, Gronk is definitely not having the Gronk season. You know, we expect from Gronk because of the injuries, but he still gives you upside each and every week. When he's on the field, you got to take that chance over most tight ends. You're not going to play him over Kelsey. You're not going to play him over Hertz. Most games, a lot of people won't play him over Kittle, which I get because Kittle's been safe. But Gronk just brings you too much. You know, a lot of people were asking if they should play Braid over Gronk today. And, you know, there's no way I could make that. There's no, unless Gronk is literally hobbled, you know, with a walking boot on both feet and a hand in a cast, I'm not starting Cameron Braid over him. You know it's funny. Uh,
2: I got a lot of break questions today, but I got no Gronk questions. So uh, I guess the people who asked me were pretty cool with Gronk. As uh, a tight end, has been a vast wasteland this year. It's been a train wreck. Yes.
3: I mean, really wow, has.
2: terrible. Re- I mean, oof. Uh, it's it's bad. Between uh, Rudolph, we talked about Graham earlier. Gronk's been a disappointment. Uh, it's just it, it hasn't been fun. Hasn't been fun at all. And yeah, oh, gee, and meanwhile, Ebron,
3: you. the number two tight end on oh. his team, don't start with me about charm, Ebron. Has twelve touchdowns. <laughs> Ebron is trolling me. I swear to God,
2: I started me socks. I I don't start him, He's got just double digit touchdowns. Like you gotta be kidding me. Uh yeah, Ebron. Uh, how do we feel about the New England offense, uh, the passing offense? I mean, <laughs> Tom Brady. Uh, you, you watch his throws today. Some of them aren't getting to where he wants them to get. He, he's starting to finally, and I know we've said this before, but
3: he's finally starting to look his age here a little bit. I have yet to see him throw the ball downfield where it wasn't short. Every, every pass he tries to go deep down the field is coming up short, not something you normally equate with Tom Brady. If you take the name off the back of his jersey and you just look at the numbers from the, him as a quarterback, I mean, there's a a lot not to like with him this year. He's not putting up numbers anywhere close to what we expect from him. You know, I I
2: said it yesterday uh, on the morning show with uh, Dan Stratford. I don't think he's top 12 anymore. I don't think he's a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Uh, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks I'd rather have above him. Uh, I I could have made an argument that there were 12 quarterbacks I'd rather have going into today. Not even counting the guys who played on Thursday. Not even counting what's really just Drew Brees and Matt Ryan, but uh, I think he's fallen considerably. Uh, he, I agree with you; the arm strength doesn't look like it's there. He threw one bomb today that it came out of his arm good, and when he, when they showed the camera, I'm like, that ball went nowhere. But it looked like it came out of his arm; it just died, like someone you know shot it <laughs> mid air and took all the air out of it. Maybe they're deflating again. Uh, but that was uh, <laughs> it's just strange here. So I thought the, I agree with you. I'm, I'm worried about Brady. Uh Gronk, you probably can't do better. I mean, maybe you can, depending on you could have you could have a kittle and maybe lost some good matchups, but I don't think you can do better than, uh, than Gronk when you gonna think about sitting him. Alright, Jim. We won't be back. We're gonna wrap up week 12. We're gonna talk a little bit about the Monday night game here. Tennessee and Houston here. We'll get uh, we'll see who Jim wants to pick in this game. Do a little wagering, shall we say. Uh fantasy football rewind, I'm George Kurtz. He is Fantasy Taz Jim Day. Scott Engel will be back. I think we'll be back next week from Seattle, but we'll be back right after this.
4: Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fancy Sports Radio Network. Your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
2: Welcome back. Fantasy Football Rewind. He's the Fantasy Taz Jim Day. I'm... I used to love Taz, by the way. Absolutely loved it. One of my favorite cartoon characters. Uh, not that people nowadays may not know of it. You, you brats, you little kids today. You don't know what it used to be like. Anyway. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving. That's right. Free advice from fantasy millionaires, free daily fantasy projections, and free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving. Don't be turkey. Head over to dailyrodo.com and enter the promo code TG18 to access your free five-day trial. That's dailyrodo.com, promo code TG18. So, Jim, I think we, uh we, so you, you play in, what, 26 leagues? Yep. Are you one of those people, Jim, that all through the day you're checking your scores?
3: Oh, on whatever hell no. You left? No. Oh, okay. Well, not when not even when even do you close. first I, check? I, Monday morning. All right. Uh, you're actually crazier than I, I am. Yeah. I go through every Monday morning, I go through my teams and see how I did.
2: I just check now for the first time on the commercial break to see how I'm <laughs> doing. That's where. And I, I, I haven't gotten all through on my teams. Generally, I would check after the uh, around seven thirty. Once I do the last update after the four o'clock games are over, then I start to look here.
3: Uh, but I know because I, I, I don't want to be one of those guys. Just... For, unfortunately, for me, my wife is one of those checking the score every ten minutes. Makes me crazy, I, 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 right? I don't want to do that. You can't change anything, mm-hmm.
2: all right? You can't change anything, right? You, you can't. I, there's nothing to do here. I'm just going to drive myself crazy. I want to be able to enjoy the games and not be upset. I'm a Cowboy fan. I'll already be upset if they're losing. So uh, you know, I want to be able to enjoy the game. So I generally don't look at my scores. I don't. You know, when people find that weird, I'm like, why? Why would I want to look at them? Other than if I need to change something at 4 o'clock or someone is late inactive and I was waiting for that. You know, that's the only time I would really do that. Other than that, I want to enjoy the games on Sunday. So, no, I, I never look either. But I'll do it before Monday morning. I'll freely admit that.
3: Yeah, it's just it's the way I you know I do it. I've always done it that way. You know, you you re- refer back to the years when I used to play so many more leagues. It really just became impossible to try and do that. So I just got in the habit, then that you know Monday morning I would go in and see how I did. Yeah, said, so
2: don't blame. It's a, it's, a, it's an easy way to uh, to go about things. Uh, so it's certainly the way I go. But I, people just find that weird that I don't check more often. I'm like, no, there's nothing I can do. Not like I make I need to make moves while the games are in progress here. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so that that's how that's how I approach things. All right, Jim, we got 15 minutes. Let's talk a little Andy Dalton. Not that you're starting him in your fantasy league. At least I hope you're not. Anything other than a two-quarterback league. He had X-rays on the thumb today. It's negative. Uh, that, that we don't know if he'll be able to play next week. We don't know that yet. What are you doing here? I mean, A.J. Green looks like could come back. He was somewhat close to playing today. I imagine you're putting him in your lineup anyway, but if let's say it's not Andy Dalton starting quarterback, it could be Driscoll. Uh, are we confident with Tyler Boyd next week? Uh, Joe Ross? Does it hurt the running game too? How are you gonna feel about this?
3: Well, look, it's like you said, Dalton hasn't been lighting it up, at, you know, to say the least, outside of the, the first month of the season when he was playing pretty well. Uh, since then, he's he's been fairly inconsistent. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that A.J. Green is out. Um, so, you know, look, if A.J. Green plays, it, it definitely elevates this entire offense. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Um, you know, they're going against Denver next week, who all of a sudden is, has decided they wanted to start start playing the last couple of weeks, playing much better football uh, all the way around. Uh, all of a sudden got themselves back into the playoff hunt. I mean, they're still on the outside looking in, but, you know, they're positioning themselves a little better to give themselves a little better of a chance to, to do something. Um, you know, get that wild card, you know, that second wild card berth. They're, they're definitely still in the running for that. Um, so, you know, it's not going to be an easy game for Cincinnati either way, but it is home, so you got to like that. But, uh, again, you know, with or without Dalton, it. it it really comes down to AJ Green. If he's in there, then it gives you a little bit more, you know, likelihood of them having offensive, you know, points put up. Uh, definitely helps Boyd because he's not going against the top defenders. They have to, you know, roll back to AJ Green and make sure they always have two guys on AJ most of the time. Uh, definitely frees Boyd up to do a little bit more damage again. But uh, outside of that, it's really hard to trust any of these guys. Uzoma has, has been, you know, even though he's the number one guy, has been virtually non-existent um, since he's taken over the number one job. I, I know he caught six passes today, but only for 39 yards. So didn't, still didn't get you to double digits, uh, even catching six passes. 13 targets on the day um, be, between Dalton and Driscoll throwing him the ball, uh, and still not having a great game. It's just hard to trust his offense at all right now, and this defense is playing, you know, pretty terrible. They made Baker Mayfield look like a, a, an elite quarterback.
2: Yeah, that was <laughs> that's pretty much what they did to it today, especially in the first half. There, he picked them apart.
3: All right, let's go to uh, let's go to Jacksonville. I have a good, good I had a good point on uh, on uh, on Baker Mayfield. He, he's the first. Browns quarterback with three scores and 200 plus yards in the first half since the team returned to Cleveland He's also this is the first time the Cleveland Browns have scored 28 points in the first half since 1991 and that was before Baker Mayfield was even born. Huh.
2: that's that is a pretty good point that's a nice little who had a little nugget of information there on uh, Mr. Mayfield. Or maybe it's just on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and how poor their uh, defense was and offense was today for that matter. Uh, Leonard Fournette. All right, we talked earlier. Got into the uh, the fracas, the altercation, the brouhaha with the uh, whole bunch of Jaguars and Bills were fighting actually in that play. Uh, the funny thing about that little brawl they had there is that Moncrief and I forget who the defender was for. Uh, Buffalo wouldn't let go of the ball, so the whole thing—they yeah, were both yeah, trying right. to grab the ball. <laughs> that's that's some pretty they good concentration. They already blew the there.
3: whistle. They gave the, the touchdown signature, and Moncrief wasn't letting go of that ball. <laughs> he, he was yeah, like, was... "Uh-uh, <laughs> I'm not doing it." Meanwhile, fights breaking out all over the place. Guys throwing fists uh, against helmets. You know that that's as bad as uh, you know when hockey fights break out and these guys are are punching each other in the face mask. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
2: <laughs> uh, hey, those and then they take does. their
3: gloves off to do it. How stupid is that? If you're going to do it, at least keep the damn gloves on.
2: Yeah, Rangers, Cody McLeod that broke shows his how hand smart on. Smart uh,
3: hockey players are
2: on Eric, Eric- Johnson's uh, helmet. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. That'll do some damage there. Uh, but Leonard Fournette. All right, and they kept going in, even into a tunnel. They were still going at it. Yes. I got to sure. think suspensions coming here. Yeah. All right. That sort of sucks. That's week 13. No Leonard Fournette. Uh, yeah,
3: especially when you just got him back and, you know, he's been yeah. playing so well the last couple of weeks. Definitely a
2: killer. I mean, yeah, you need to win next week. You're not going to be happy about losing your number one running back. So, anyway, good chance he's gone. Uh, are we automatically going to call us? Heidi? you feel better about Yeldon?
3: Oh, uh, man, I don't know if I'd feel better about either one of them. Jacksonville, looked to me, I mean, they look like they're just, just giving it up. Uh, at this point, there's nothing really here to like at all. They'll you know, get beat by Buffalo. Um, you know, look, I, eh, I I don't know. There's not really a lot I could pull from that. Um, they're just not playing good. Blake Bortles only had 127 passing yards today, only completed 12 passes. Heck, if you were a quarterback, I'm pretty sure you could complete more than 12 passes in this league.
2: I got a torn rotator cuff, man. I'm not uh, torn labor, actually. <laughs> I'm not completing any passes. But... uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that one thing you put correctly. I, that I completely agree with this team. I think is pretty close to packing it in. Uh, I don't know what happened in the fourth quarter. Actually, the last six minutes of the game against Pittsburgh last week. No idea how they screwed that one up. And then uh, you know, tell you lose to Buffalo. I don't, I don't want to gang up on Buffalo here, but you know, come on, it's Buffalo. You shouldn't be losing to them. Uh, I, I thought they made a mistake in the off season by not going with uh, or getting a new quarterback. You know, if you if you truly believe. That you were a threat to go to a Super Bowl, which you were close last year. Yeah, going back to Bortles was silly. Right, he held you back. Even even they didn't believe Bortles was the man. In That second half against New England, they they uh, took the blood out of his hands. So I uh, just like I thought they made a mistake here. But I think it's going to be uh, upsetting for fantasy owners next week if and when Fortnite gets suspended, and you need a win. That's going to be a problem. You know. So uh, I think well most was. If you had a choice for a team or two, you're probably go on Carlos Hyde. And you know, it is why they acquired him. But, mm. you know, I think uh, you is may it, want to search it, for something I mean, it, else.
3: I, I mean, I agree with you. That makes the only sense in the world. in the fact that they would go out and get Carlos Hyde and pay the rest of his contract and all that crap, um, you know, oh. when they expected Fournette to come back, and he has come back, and he's been playing well since he's come back. Um, you know, it, it, the whole Carlos Hyde thing to me was just totally dumbass. It didn't make any sense in the world for them to go out and acquire him. Yeldon was playing pretty good as the backup as it was. Uh, it's not like he was going in there and stinking up to join. He had a couple of real good games. Uh, he was doing well. It just didn't make any sense to me at all to give up uh, the draft picks and pay Carlos Hyde that money if you thought Fournette was coming back. Yeah, see, I think they They just did it
2: because uh, the price was too good. Sort of like the Eagles getting Jay Ajayi last year. I think it was the same exact thing. You're gonna give him away? All right, we'll take him. You know, how well did well sure we, that we cover out for him this year? Not too well. Yeah, not too well. Yeah. It worked worked out for Philadelphia. Didn't work out for the uh, Jaguars. Well, they had other issues. Of, uh, <laughs> other than uh, they may have needed a quarterback there to pick up at the deadline, and not a uh, a running back there. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk a little bit about tomorrow night's game, Jim. And uh, we've we've well, uh, we've gone a, we've glanced it over a little bit. Tennessee, Houston. Uh, it's a big game. Uh, you mentioned earlier,
3: how many games in a row has Houston won, Jim? Oh, yeah, seven games. Six games, seven games. <laughs> I've forgotten. It off the <laughs> top of my head. Uh, Houston has won seven games in a row, yes. That's right. They started with right. three, and now they're seven and three. So I guess the first question I'll ask you, do they make it eight? I do, Yeah, I do think they make it eight. Uh, you know, Tennessee's been playing better than people expected. They, they beat uh, New England, uh, you know, last week, two weeks ago. So, you know, definitely good on them. But, uh, yeah, I I think Houston has a little bit too much going for them right now. They're playing really well. Uh, I just don't see Tennessee coming into Houston on Monday night and beating them.
2: All right. Once again, I'm on my bookie.com. They got Houston minus
3: six. So you got Houston winning. Whoa, minus six? Minus six. Okay. So since this morning, when, when I looked at it, when it was minus three and a half, It got a huge jump. That is a very huge jump. I liked it a lot more at minus three and a half than I do at minus six.
2: That means either late money came in on a lot of late money came in on Houston or there's an injury and there was an injury. I'd know about it. Like Mariota being out. and We haven't heard anything like that. Yeah, no, Mariota is
3: definitely supposed to play.
2: Uh, I agree. I think the six is too high. Uh, I'll, I'll take I'll I'll take the points. here. I'll take Tennessee. I think Houston wins the game as well, but I'm taking the points.
3: Yeah, that 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 six is is a lot, um, man. That's a big jump. Holy crap! Um, and you know, once it's again, Texas. I say it all the time, and you know, people, you know, a lot of people are new to betting, new to gambling since it's become legal. Uh, and what the one thing that a lot of people don't think of is, don't get locked into one sportsbook. Don't. You know, find a bet that you like, but then go out and shop it around. Check different sports books because you can get a better deal at, a diff- at different sports books on different games, and you know, find a-, a better number for you than the one you thought originally was good. Absolutely, that's why I I said my bookie. You may go to a different site that has. Uh,
2: five and a half, five, six and a half, whatever it is, you're, you're 100% correct. You shop around like, any, like you would anything else. You're going to buy something online? You're probably going to go to different stores if you get a better price. Same thing with uh, wagering. Same exact thing with wagering. And I think, uh, you know, I always get amused. I could hear the, uh, you know, uh, an athlete complain because his team wasn't favored or whatever. You know, they complain about the, the line from Vegas. Folks, I mean, over line is, the, the bookies are trying to get you, Half the money on one side, half the money on the other, and they want to win the VIG. That's all they want. See, that's what they're doing here. That's why I'm guessing here that late money came in on Houston. It's Texas, a lot of money in Texas, and I'm guessing a lot of late money came in on the, uh, Texas. That's why I pushed the line uh, up. That's would be my guess here as to what happened here. But uh, that's why I always get amused when athletes complain about that. It means nothing about which really team is better. It's where all the money's going. You know, where are the people who are betting? Yeah, right.
3: Especially, you know, I I mean, you could could maybe make that argument about which team is better based on the original open line, which is just what Vegas expects. But after that, then it all comes down to where the money is going. And Vegas doesn't care what the number is. So maybe you can make that, you know, that point for the open line. But outside of that, then the rest of it is all betting.
2: Absolutely, and I, I, I never understand why people get so upset about it. over is 42. Low. Yeah, yeah. Very low. Uh, this is tough. This is tough. I, I said I'm i I'm, I'm definitely taking the points and six, but this does smell like a 21-17, 21-20 game. But, man, 42 is a low one, and I hate taking low. I hate taking unders. I truly do, because you have to wait for that final buzzer. Man, overs are so much more fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Last Monday night, we all took the over. We won by the third quarter.
3: Halfway through, it was done. I I was huge on that. I even called that would be a 100-point game. People were laughing at me. But I said, look, if any any game has a chance to be a 100-point game, it would be that one. And, you know, the stat that I pointed to was, you know, before that game, there were 11 games since 2003 that had an over-under of 57.5 or above. And in those eleven games, every single one of them went over by an average of at least ten points.
0: You know when, when seeing... that trend
3: you know when that trend was broken? I do not. Thanksgiving night. Because New Orleans and Atlanta was a sixty point five. Because I kept under. fumbling and, and turned the ball over they, in the red zone. And they went under. So finally broke that streak on Turkey night. If those guys would stop turning the ball over, that would have gone over too. That was like,
2: oh my god! I think they had too much tryptophan in the system here. Uh, are you are you a prop
3: guy? Do you play props? Uh, I I look at him occasionally. There's a few I like here and there. That, you know, that those guys are very good at coming up with those numbers. But yeah, there's some that stand out to me. I, I you know I definitely like Gus Edwards going over his number today. There were a few others I liked.
2: Yeah, I played a ton of props on Thanksgiving, uh, and is one I, I needed one catch for, from Trey Burton from like. Halfway through the second quarter and on, I think uh, I can't even remember the, the back's name now. That's how much I'm mad at him. He targeted him like four times, and each time was a bad throw. I was Like, are you kidding me? one catch? Chase Daniels Got missing him over and over and over again. So I lost that prop, but I won a bunch of other props. It was, I guess, it was Thanksgiving, so I didn't want to have to pay attention to one thing. Wanted to just play a whole bunch of little bets. And my brother does that. And he took me into it, and I, man, it, it was fun. It was definitely fun. So Jim. What else do you do on the network? I know, uh, what do you want? from You're on weekly, daily, aren't you?
3: Uh, Pretty much uh, it's seven days a week now. I got uh, Monday through Friday, the fantasy football frenzy with uh, Corey Parson and, and Chris Ventra from one to two. Uh, And then Saturday, I do join Joe Galena for Weekend Fantasy Update from 1 to 4 Saturday afternoon. Of course, Sunday mornings, Mike Blewett and the King Sean Angle uh, for Fantasy Game Day Live from 8 to 10. And then Sunday night, usually with Scott again, we do Fantasy uh, Fantasy Rewind. Although I was lucky enough to have you join me tonight.
2: Ah, suck up. All right, so good for you, Jim. And hopefully, Scott Angle's back next week, although I'm guessing he won't be. He's going to see the Oh, no, he uh, won't be. He Seahawks won't be
3: playing. Play. Yeah, right. He's going to be in, in Seattle.
2: All right, so we'll see Scott in two weeks. That's Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz. I'm George Kirks. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you did well in week 12 and you continue to.
1: To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is the fault. Now we're Fantasy Football Rewind. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Fantasy Football Rewind.
4: Week
2: 12. Take a little peek at the games that have not. I'll be your host tonight, George Kurtz, Scott Engel, the king, he's off tonight, he's doing different things, I don't know, maybe he's getting ready for uh, week 13, I think he's going to Seattle next weekend, good for Scott, big win for the uh, Seahawks this weekend. I'm joined as always by the fantasy taz, Jim Day. Jim, how you doing?
3: Hey George, how you doing? Happy Sunday night to you. Happy Sunday night to you too, how was your Thanksgiving, Jim? Ah, um, my deck seven was great. Uh, some great food, some great family, some great football. Wow, uh, some good football. Um, yeah, but uh, any of that combination is always good for me. How about you?
2: Yeah, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. You know, food, family, friends, football. I, being a Cowboy fan. That helps too. The Cowboys were always on. Are, are always on Thanksgiving. So that certainly helps there. But it's always been my I guess as an adult. And when we kids, we prefer Christmas or Hanukkah, or whatever you celebrate there. But as an adult, it's always been Thanksgiving uh, for me. So uh, good day. You know, it was, it's been an interesting week to say the least. I thought, uh, I thought today's day slate, you know, as far as the one o'clock and four o'clock games, not a lot of exciting NFL games really to worry about here. But we're going to talk about that later. First, Jim, we're going to take a little peek at tonight's game. It'll be uh, Green Bay, Minnesota here, uh, Packers, Vikings here. I, I the first question I'm going to ask you. I mean, I know, I'm, like all questions, it would depend on what else you have on your roster. But was Aaron Rodgers a mortal lock where you were starting him no matter what tonight? Is there any other quarterback, realistically, that could have been available that you would have started over A-Rod tonight?
3: Well, do you mean just tonight? Because otherwise, your only other option is his cousins. Otherwise, if you mean No,
2: I mean that would have been available all day, including
3: Thanksgiving.
2: Uh-oh. When I say, were you automatically starting? Is A-Rod, I'm starting no matter what, I don't care.
3: No, he hasn't been in, uh, I'm starting him automatically and I don't care kind of quarterback this year. So, no, he hasn't been that for me. It really comes down to, you know, who else I have or have the option for. Um, so, yeah, he, he's, you know, he's still a QB one in most fantasy leagues, but he's not a top QB one. He's actually on the bottom end of the QB one on the season. And, you know, definitely hasn't been putting up the numbers that we're used to him doing uh you know, this whole offense is just not putting up the kind of numbers we're, we're used to.
2: Now, you wonder if that knee injury he suffered early on this year, although it's better, but it's still hindering him somewhat. If he can't move around like he, uh, he truly would like. <coughs> Randall Cobb has now been hurt week after week after week. He's inactive tonight, by the way, so if you have Cobb in your lineup, please get him out. Now, we saw when they, played, when they last played. Last played against Seattle in that Thursday night game. Cobb was out that game, too, and they moved Valdez Scantling to the slot. Now, granted, Seattle's very good against slot receivers, but also it might be a new position for him, and he wasn't targeted all that much at all. Are you worried they'll do the same thing tonight? And once again, if you had other options, let's say there's really nobody on Minnesota that could be available. How about Kiki Cutie? He could be available. Would you start a Kiki Cutie over MVS tonight because you're worried about MVS moving to the slot?
3: There, there is that concern. There, you know, especially after last game, there is absolutely that concern. Plus, you know, you're talking about going against one of the better defenses in the league against the pass with Minnesota. they you know, their cornerbacks are quite stout. Um, you know, so MVS definitely carries a lot of risk and a lot of concern this week. Would I start Kiki Kute over him? Eh, man, I, I don't know if I could do that. Um, I, you know, there. Kute, you know, he, he gives you maybe a better floor at this point, but he really just doesn't have a lot of upside. Uh, you know, I, I think I'd almost rather go with MVS just for the possibility of the upside he could have if he gets in the end zone.
2: Yeah, I would probably agree with you. I think I'm so I am starting MVS in at least two leagues. Uh, I just I, I ran out of wide receivers in one league. Tyrell Williams is out. A couple other guys Cobb was out I was like, my God. I was uh, praying for somebody. I really didn't want to start Melvin Gordon today in the league, but I just had—I literally had no one else on my roster. I could—I could do it. Uh, I think that's a league, but you end up—you set up that league many, many years ago, Jim. Uh, it's that—that's the uh, the XM league where we have what uh, IDP. Oh, we yeah, have that
3: league. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I ran out of players,
3: Jim. I just ran, and there's nobody on the waiver wire. That was, that was the league we actually started when we did that live uh, thing down in Atlantic City. Correct. Correct. Yes, Correct. that's right. That, that's a
2: fun league. I, I like that league. All right, so uh all right, so we're starting MVS tonight. You're starting the Adams, of course. Aaron Jones is a, um I got a lot of questions, Jim, about Aaron Jones and they were they were putting him up with other decent running backs here, but Aaron Jones is a week in, week out starter for you, right? There's no chance
3: you would ever sit him. Uh, I wouldn't say there's no chance. Uh, I mean it's just He's finally starting to get the workload that, you know, a lot of people thought he would get earlier in the season. You know, there was a lot of discussion about him not being a good pass blocker, and that's why he was losing a lot of time. And, you know, I was one of the ones that said that. So, I, I, at that time, I really thought that. But, you know, about mid-season, we actually got the report from PFF that he was actually doing a better job on pass blocking than Williams was. So, at that point, it became obvious if he's doing a better job pass blocking, then why isn't he on the field more? And we're Finally, now just starting to see that. So, I, you know, I don't know if he's gained the right to be an every week absolute starter at this point. But he definitely has, you know, the upside to be there, at least in that conversation, each and every week. You know, he's had two great games in a row. I'm not going to discount that. You love seeing what he did. Uh, you know, two touchdowns in each of the last two games. Nice. Uh, absolutely great. Uh, played well against the Rams. Didn't You know, didn't have such a big game against the Patriots. But uh, against his Vikings team, it's going to be a little harder for him. It uh, really depends on who my options are, but there are some guys I would have sit, sat him for this week.
2: All right. Speaking of sitting, <laughs> if you could only start one, Jimmy Graham or Kyle Rudolph?
3: Oh, crap. Even an injured Graham, I'd take over Kyle Rudolph at this point. Rudolph has just been a complete dud on the season. He's just not getting it done. He's always been pretty much touchdown dependent, and he's not even seeing those chances at this point. Uh, You're you're talking about a, a tight end two at best, and over the last, oh, God, six weeks, I don't even think he's sniffed eight or nine fantasy points in any given week. Now, he's been
2: a major disappointment. Uh, it's been—you would think Kirk Cousins' new team. He's thrown to the tight end in the past. He's had Jordan Reed, of course, uh, but he doesn't use Rudolph for whatever reason. He doesn't use Rudolph at all. But Jimmy Graham, broken thumb. He's playing with a wrap. Uh, can he even <laughs> catch the ball. I mean, oh, and he's done nothing. <laughs> as well. He's been quiet. That's, that's why I bring the question up. I—I I, I mean, I don't want either one of them. Right? If I had—if I had either one, I certainly would have gone to the waiver wire and found somebody uh, on the world that someone that could do something. There's got to be somebody else out there. I didn't want to start either one tonight, so. Uh, not the best of uh, not the best of options there. Other than that, I know we're all starting things. We're starting Thielen there. Are you worried about Thielen at all? A couple of quiet weeks. He's injured a little bit. Uh, I mean, obviously you start. I don't think you can. You can't not start unless you have a hell of a, a wide receiver core. But you're a little worried about Thielen.
3: Nah, I'm not really worried about Thielen. He, even with the injury last week, he, he still got you up at the double-digit points. You know, 15 points because he had to add it to two. Uh, Two-point reception, had the seven receptions for 66 yards, and that's a down week for him. You know, that's basically his floor at this point. Uh, with the upside he has, uh, I'm not really worried about it, especially against this Green Bay team that over the last five weeks is 30th against opposing wide receivers, just giving up chunks of yardage and touchdowns uh, at the position. 14 touchdowns already given up to wide receivers on, on the season in 10 games.
2: All right, Jim. So uh, I'm looking at mybookie.com. They got Minnesota minus three.
3: Who you got? Who, well, I man, I, this is a must-win for either one of them if they have any thoughts of trying to make the playoffs this year. Uh, of course, Minnesota with the one-game lead is is you know a little bit better off, but and at home, man, I, I don't I don't like that minus three at all. <laughs> um, I think if it's Minnesota minus three I think I have to go with Minnesota, but by the time a lot of people are listening to this will will know what it is.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going with Minnesota as well, by the way. Uh I think the Packers defense as you were was sort of hitting it just just not good enough. I think the Vikings defense will make enough stops here to pay this off. This was the game of, uh, people remember I think it was week one where uh you know, maybe uh clay Matthews doesn't get that BS uh pass uh the passer call. Green Bay would have won that game, would have ended up in a tie. So uh, also have Would have, could have, should have. Yeah, well, I hated those calls.
3: Uh, give me an over yeah, on the You know yeah. what, wait, I, I've gotten to the point where I, I, you can't pitch about referees' calls anymore because they go always for every team. And it's not like, you know, it's one team getting – they're making bad calls for everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know, referee- I, I, I've gotten to the point where I just – I can't – blame the refs anymore for a few inadvertent calls if you want to win the game go out and win the damn game
2: I right, agree. the officiating is terrible and it's terrible for it everybody. is you know because right. one thing i've always believed in is uh you know let's say you're a giant fan dallas plays the giants and you know giants beat dallas i complain oh my god you missed those three calls but you could if you go back on the tape you'll be able to see three calls they missed on, on the cowboys that should have been called I mean, right, it's, it's, exactly. It goes both ways at the end. It's just uh, we only remember the ones that we think cost us the game. That's really what it comes down to. There, the officiating is, uh, the officiating is just bad. All right, so the over on is forty-eight and a half,
3: over, under. <laughs> you know what? I just got a bad feeling. I'm going to take the under.
2: Oh, look at you and I are on the same side here. I got the under as well. I, I got twenty-four twenty-one or something like that. Keeps going through my head here. So. Yeah. Uh, Or I guess i got to make it 24-20 since i got Minnesota minus three. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll take Minnesota at the end of there as well. Hopefully uh, hopefully it's a good, solid game tonight. You know, Jim, i I got a little complaint here. Uh, Not about you, but, uh, you know, uh, this is just a weird thing. Weird. Last night, a lot of rain here where I live. Uh, I'm out on Long Island. Uh, It was a heavy rainstorm. And this morning, two channels on my cable box aren't working. Just two. You know, we have uh, nine million channels. But two aren't working. And it's just on one cable box, you know? And that's channels four and five, NBC and Fox. <laughs> so it's like, what the hell? You know, I I have three TVs in my room, so in, in my man room, so I, I can still watch the game tonight. But watching it on the big screen is a little tough. i got to convert that now to DirecTV rather than cable. I call cable. And they're like, oh, yeah, those channels, a lot of people complain they're blacked out. Well, that's great. How about fixing the damn problem? I don't care if they're complaining about it. And they, know they don't know. Well, maybe it'll, maybe it'll come back on its own. Let us know. If not, we'll send somebody out Tuesday. Gee, thanks. <laughs> so that's
3: the well, I, I don't have those cable problems anymore. I don't use a cable or satellite. I, I stream every, I stream everything. Yeah, it works out great. God bless you, man. God bless. Uh, it probably is the way And I goes. And I save a
2: heck of a lot of money. Yeah, I'll bet. I mean, I, I don't even want to know what my cable bill is between the Internet. And I don't even... I don't even watch movies, by the way. I don't even have a movie channel. It's still two bills a month. It's yeah. absolutely psychotic. And I, actually, all I watch is sports, so I don't, I don't even know what I'm doing here. All right, so we are Fantasy Football Rewind. Uh, the goal is here to uh, talk about all of today's games and maybe Thursday's games if we get a chance to. So uh, we're going to start with the 4 o'clock games, Jim. We're going to start with 4 o'clock games here. And probably uh, let's start with the most, uh, I should say most interesting. That's probably not being nice to the other four teams. But Pittsburgh-Denver, two weeks in a row, Jim. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you know last week, but you know, when Pittsburgh got close to the, at the end of the game trying to tie the game versus Jacksonville, they wouldn't give the ball to Connor. They kept throwing it with Ben, who ended up throwing an interception, but that interception was called back on a penalty. And then they ended up tying the game, winning, winning, fine, great. They did the same damn thing today. And today, that interception didn't get called back. Ben nope. throws an interception from the two yard line. And it's funny, if that law of the line, I think it was a lineman, if he didn't intercept it, The safety behind him was going to intercept it. I don't know what Ben was thinking there.
3: Yeah, really. Uh, That was a a terrible, terrible uh, thought process there going on in Ben's head and, you know, cost him the game. And it's funny because the Broncos over the last two weeks as a defense have given up two uh, 400-yard performances from quarterbacks. Last week it was Phillip Rivers this week, Ben, and they won both games, giving up 400 yards passing in both games. Yeah,
2: 462 yards for Ben. I mean, oh. damn, uh, pretty pretty good. Not much on the run game here. Connor only had 53 yards. Uh, it's a little disappointing there, but 462 for Ben. I mean, what are we thinking here? Uh, blip, no, nothing to really worry about here with Ben. Still, it's still yardage is there. Touchdowns really aren't. But this is also, if you count the interceptions that are called back, seven picks in two games for Ben. I understand it's on the road. Maybe it's bad Ben on the road again. Are we worried anything here?
3: Well, I, I'm not sure if worried is right you know, word, but, there, you know, definitely has to be some concern. This is a game that, you know, they they should have won. Um, last week it was a game they should have won easily and they almost lost. So, you know, definitely, a, you know, after some really great playing over the few weeks before that, the last couple of weeks, definitely a little suspect here. And, you know, again, you you mentioned it, Ben on the road. Everybody wants to say, oh, it's not the same thing this year. You know, he's playing much better on the road this year. You know, he's having a good fantasy season, which he is, no doubt about it. Um, You know, even today, he put up good fantasy numbers, even with the one touchdown. But, But again, you know, on the road, he has a tendency three games this year on the road, he's only thrown for that one touchdown. And this is something that goes back over the last few years, that he has a tendency in these games to throw one Touchdown!
2: Yeah, I think uh, everyone's going to take the yardage. Obviously, four sixty-two. What is that? It's eighteen points right there, and the the touchdown gives you twenty-two. He also rushed for eighteen yards. So you got twenty. You really can't complain. Uh, 20 oh no, twenty-six,
3: minutes. almost twenty-seven fantasy points. I, I agree. You can't complain, and I'm not saying you should complain. I'm saying, you know, from the Steelers' point of view, though, um, as a team in the NFL and not fantasy related, it is somewhat concerning.
2: I agree. Uh, I agree. Smith schuster monster game: 13 catches, 189 yards. Antonio Brown, 967, but nine receptions, 67 yards. They're not not getting him the ball deep. Uh, and obviously, you can do the math here. It's about uh, seven yards per reception,
3: 7.4. Are we worried about uh, this connection at all? No, not really. No, it's just the way this game worked out and play. Look. Juju Smith, did you see that 97-yard touchdown? Longest play from sc- Longest play from scrimmage by any player since Juju did a 97-yard touchdown last year.
2: Yeah, uh, Ben had him open earlier in the game. So I think in the first quarter, same play. Would have been an 80-yard score if Ben overthrew him. Uh, so mm. that was the same exact play they ran here. This one, obviously, she used to That was actually a great play by Ben, who was in his own end zone, pretty much getting tackled as he did it here. So uh, uh, that was a fantastic play by Ben and a fantastic play by Smith-Schuster. Probably could have been an illegal pluck by Antonio Brown on that play as well. Uh, With that being said, we will discuss more about Week 12's action. You've got Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz. I'm George Kurtz. We'll be here until 10 o'clock Eastern time talking all things football. All things football from Week 12, the good, the bad, the ugly, whether you won, lost,
4: Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
2: All right, everybody. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Rewind. We have the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. I'm George Kurtz, filling in for Scott Engel. Scott is uh, off tonight. I think Scott was on radio all day or something like that, filling in for Gabe. Gabe Morensi, who, uh, I don't know what Gabe is. Toronto, Vegas, he's all over the place. God bless Gabe. Busy, busy man. Uh, All right, so that being said, we were talking about Pittsburgh, uh, Denver, Jim, right? Pittsburgh, Denver. Yeah, you look at the uh, the Broncos. Uh, I know this is not fair, but I'm going to give it on you anyway. It could... Or is, could or is, Philip Lindsay the fantasy
3: MVP? No. No. I mean, he's having a great year. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, he might be the waiver wire pickup of the year after week one, just coming out of nowhere. Nobody really was talking about him at all. And, you know, came out and right from the get-go started playing well. And, you know, at that point, yes. But the MVP, no. A uh, great season? Yeah, absolutely having a great season. Uh, running back one on the season. Can't ask for more than that. All right, so who is the fantasy MVP? Uh, fantasy MVP at this point, well, there's a lot of good choices, but I, I think if I had to pick one, I think I'd have to go with Patty Mahomes. Yeah, just based drafted. on the fact of the value you got from him. Yeah, but he was a late-round draft pick. He was drafted as a QB2 in most leagues. You know, it's just... Man, I don't know. There's a lot of good choices. I mean, it's hard to get away from Todd Gurley. Uh, Saquon Barkley is in another no, those choice those first you have. round
2: have. It's first-round guys can't be MVPs. They're doing what you wanted them to do. That's what you well, after them. some of them are, some of them aren't. <laughs> well, they can be LVPs, but they can't be MVPs. <laughs> I would, even even a girlies have a uh, magical season. Well, then what about what
3: about James Connor? James Connor would then have to be in that discussion. He does. The only reason
2: I made I made listen, an we could we could argue this all night. You, you didn't fun.
3: tell me there were arbitrary rules when you asked me.
2: Well, it's fantasy MVP. Anybody jumps in the first <laughs> round, they're doing what you want them to do. You know, they have a much better chance to be LVP than MVP because that's mm-hmm. what you expect them to do. But it's it's. Well, how about James MVP. White? I would go Connor over White.
3: You know, James yeah, but it's White close.
2: Michelle is back. I don't even think it's all that close. Yeah, uh, it's pretty close. <laughs> my only reason why I may not vote for Connor is that he was drafted in some leagues as, a, as the handcuff to Bell. So I don't know. Uh, and don't get me wrong. I got him in two leagues uh, off the waiver of wire. So he's, probably, he's my fantasy MVP. But uh, I can certainly see Connor, though, once again, he's slowing down of late as well. It's funny how his two worst games have come since Bell has gone. We know Bill is not returning this season. Uh, all of a sudden, he's not scoring the touchdowns we expected him to score. It's a fun little thing to talk about. Fantasy MVP. Well, I, actually, his
3: his worst game was actually back in Week Four um, when he when he only he put that was the only game of the year that he had less than double digit scoring. He only put up nine point four points in PPR leagues in Week Four. That was his worst game. But yeah, the last three games have been a little le- less for him uh, as big, b- big Ben has been you know throwing it all over the yard.
2: Yeah, they're not running him at the goal line anymore. That's why, yeah. that's why all of a sudden the numbers aren't there. So the last two weeks against Jacksonville and Denver, I understand strong defensive fronts, but all of a sudden they're not running it against them uh, down there. They're trying to be cute, in my mind, what they're trying to be anyway. So I, I just find that strange. I guess, what, real quick,
3: you said it. Who's the fancy LVP? Whoa, um, up until now, I. I'd probably have to go with, well, Le'Veon Bell would be first choice. Second choice would probably have to be Dalvin Cook.
2: Yeah, I I didn't have one in mind. Uh, Bell is an easy choice here. Maybe we should say the the non-Bell division here. Dalvin Cook, is, that's a really good choice as well. Somebody who we expected more out of. I I think last week uh, Dalvin Cook just ran into a buzzsaw in Chicago. I I think he'll do fine. Oh,
3: yeah, I'm not basing it just on last week either. I mean, just for the fact that he hasn't played for most of the season. It's the biggest cut up. I expected more than that. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's hard to find anybody else going really quickly through the teams here. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders had a nice game today. Did have to come out for a little bit for an injury, but came back in. He had been quiet the past couple of weeks, uh, so it was good to see him perform well uh, today. Uh, once again, I guess there could be some theory. Somebody told me on Twitter, oh, it's a revenge game. I don't he's He's been out of Pittsburgh for a few years. I don't think he's all yeah. that worried about showing up <laughs> Pittsburgh. But, uh, actually, if you, that's well, you, that's you know really why fine. he did good
3: today? Do you know why he did good today? i um, no why. Because I listed him as a bust this week in my in our <laughs> roundtable article. I really didn't like his chances against his Pittsburgh secondary that's been playing so great, and you know he hadn't been playing so well. So I picked him as my bust, and you know it seems like every time they I do that, they come back to bite me in the butt. Uh,
2: I'm not knocking you there because I know all the questions I got involving Sanders. A lot of people, a lot of times, I told people to sit him as well. I didn't like his chances today either. Been quiet the past couple of weeks, a little banged up. So uh, as I can't throw stones there. I, I think the uh, what is it? What is it we like to say? Sometimes the process is right, but the results are wrong. You no, know,
3: absolutely. We'll, we'll, go, we'll go with that. <laughs> so uh, all right. It's like uh, a bad. It, it's like a bad beat in poker. You know, you go all in, you have the best hand when you go yeah. all in, and lose. You know, you made the right choice. It just didn't work out for you. You're a poker guy, Jim? Oh, I am. I love poker.
2: Oh, see, I knew there's a reason I like. I love poker as well. Love poker. I love 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 playing. Uh, I was uh, down in Vegas with the Rotowire guys a few months ago, and played a lot of poker with Chris Liss and uh, the likes, and that, that was fun. That was uh, there awesome. you
3: go. What what what's your game? What do you like?
2: I uh, I like listening. I, I like I like hold'em. You know, pretty much yeah, yeah? basic poker. Yeah, it, it's. I I'm a math guy. I'm not someone. I'm not gonna be able to read you. Yeah, I'm not someone like that. I can't see Jim Day's neck vein pulsing and knowing what that means. <laughs> but uh, I have a very good memory. So I'll, I'll realize we play the same thing the same way. And I'm a math guy. So I know my percentages. I always mm. know my percentages, whether or not the money should go in the pot or what my odds of winning are. It's really that simple. And I play the math.
3: Omaha's. Yeah, yeah, that, oh, much yeah I right? mean, uh, uh, you know, that hold'em is fun. I like playing Oldham, and Usually it's the easiest way to play because that's what most people play these days but i, I i'm a, more of an omaha guy i love to Ilo. play omaha low, absolutely oh, that, that's that's a lot of that if you don't
2: if people don't know what omaha is that's that's wild that's a, a much different game but that's fun as well but i would not consider myself anywhere near uh, an expert on that i'd be novice just trying not to screw it up but I, I i just enjoy poker if you get with the right group of guys it's fun. If no, uh, you know, yep. when I play with my buddies and all. Sure, you may lose some money, but yeah, it's the same as going out on a Saturday night.
3: Absolutely. Right, so this, and you're right, having a lot uh, more fun and enjoying it a lot more. I agree. Right. You're not hurting nobody.
2: So, uh, you know, that, that's the way I look at it there. All right. Next game. The Dolphins managed to lose today. The fight being up 10, despite being up 10 points in the fourth quarter, they lost to uh, the Indianapolis Colts and uh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, what, he's uh, tied for second overall now with the most. Games of uh, three touchdown passes, I think it's eight, two games behind Tom Brady. Uh, Is there any doubt in your mind that Luck is the comeback
3: player of the year? No, yeah, no, absolutely not. He's uh, not only that, I mean, he went out on a pass route today uh, uh, and and got leveled after making the catch. I mean, I'm sorry that to me, that's just that's dumb. Yeah, that. I, I, hey, I'm glad to play work for you, but that's just stupid. Guy just coming off shoulder surgery, missed so much time. You know he's back, he's healthy, and you run him out there for a, a, a to catch a pass and get whacked by a defensive back. That to me, that that's the worst coaching decision of the year. Doesn't make any sense in the world. Just don't do it. <laughs> I remember they did it last week too. You ran a pattern in the end zone, and, and actually don't. And he laid out for it. Yeah, don't. Right. So, yeah, it's what just don't. Stop. Don't do this stuff. The guys throwing three touchdowns a game. Let him throw the ball.
2: mean right. <laughs> He's been he's been out what two three years now with the shoulder. You want him? I completely agree. That to me that's idiotic. <laughs>
3: You know, I, I mean, it's it's fun. We talk about it every week on all the shows is that, you know, the innovative coaches, they're the ones that are winning and, and their offenses are doing great. But sometimes the innovation just goes too far and goes into stupidity. And, you know, we, we call it getting cute. That's what these coaches are doing. You got a quarterback who's, who's been injured for a year and a half, almost two years, and there's just no, no reason in the world that he should be out there running a route.
2: You know, I'm going to go go off the game here, but because you said something, uh, and I want to bring it up, and I don't know if we'll get to it later. Uh, How do you feel about Sean Payton and that he keeps playing Taysom Hill? Oh, I hate
3: it! I hate it! I hate it with a passion. He got one of the best QBs in the league in history of the league, and you keep taking him out for this young kid because you like to gadget plays. Oh, I can't stand that! I didn't like it when they were doing it to uh, Flacco with, with Jackson. You know. Talk about taking a quarterback out of a rhythm. I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's look. I I, hey Taysom is he's a good all around player for you. Absolutely. Don't take the best quarterback in the league out of the game for him. That's it. That makes me crazy.
2: I'm a hundred a hundred percent behind you, Jim. I I don't get it. You have best in the league, one of the best of all time, and you're taking him off the field. How does this make any sense? I mean, really, any sense. The Lamar Jackson, Joe Flacco, I didn't have a problem with it's Joe Flacco. I don't care what you do. You know, but Drew Brees, are you kidding me? I think Sean Payton honestly wants to. I can't believe that the Thursday night game where you know, every tu- everybody who uh, caught a touchdown but Mike Thomas, they were all unknowns for the regular yeah. fan. I think <laughs> four touchdowns, four, on,
3: yeah, four, four nobodies. <laughs>
2: I think Payton wants to prove how much smarter he is than everybody else. I can do this with anybody. You know, if Jim Day was running padded, I'd give him a touchdown. Yeah, I, I, I just well, that's because Jim,
3: Jim Day has great hands, but that's just me.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I, I said that that does drive me, uh, it does make me angry. All right, so back, listen, back to Andrew. uh, it's <laughs> great to see great for the Colts, they're in the playoff hunt here. They're only what a game behind Baltimore as far as that last uh wild card spot, and maybe they can have some. Oh, of, absolutely, and uh, they're only one
3: game behind Houston yeah, with so this good, win, good. so. Yeah, you know, we're talking about a team on a five-five game win streak. You know, of course, they're following a team that's on a seven-game win streak. But uh, <laughs> you, you got to take the wins where you get them, and this was a tough fought game. And they, you know, Miami, played them tight all the way across the board. You know, uh, Ryan Tannehill had a pretty good game, two hundred four yards, two touchdowns. You know, Frank Gore, sixty-seven yards rushing again. Uh, Kenny Drake even had a good game here, scoring twice. So they, they put up quite a match. and I mean, at one point, did you see the, the three-play turnaround where Luck threw the interception, yeah. then Miami fumbled, and then Luck threw the second interception, three plays, back-to-back to back to back turnovers, it's just crazy seeing that stuff.
2: I thought that second interception was going for a touchdown. It was, that was a great play. It by sure Hyatt looked like that.
3: that.
2: <laughs> All right, you mentioned Tannehill. Jim Days, the GM of Miami.
3: Is he your quarterback of the future? Are you moving on? Oh, I'm moving on. I'm not a big Tannehill fan. Never have been uh, too inconsistent. Uh, not somebody I would consider a franchise quarterback in any way, shape, or form. I,
2: once again, I, I agree with you. I think I've been saying for years. I, think, I don't think Tannehill's the man there, and uh, I think like, I think I he, you
3: know numbers. I think he's a great backup going forward. He's got the experience, got the knowledge. He's great, great backup. But I wouldn't consider him for a, a franchise quarterback, and I definitely wouldn't pay him, you know, top quarterback one numbers to play for me again. Agreed.
2: Uh, You'll get no argument from me. I I move on. If he wants to play for a backup, that's fine, but I'm sure he'll maybe fight for a starting job someplace else, and that's what he'll end up doing here. Kenyon Drake, you know, a lot of fantasy owners have been upset most of the year with how his usage has been, and especially now when he's playing better the past couple of weeks. Two touchdowns today. I mean,
3: he's still—can you trust to put him in your lineup, Jim? Oh, heck no. <laughs> no, there's nothing to trust about Kenyon Drake at all. Um, you know, he's been so up and down this year. Uh, look, uh, two games, these last two games before this, he didn't even touch 10 points, and, and that's kind of the ground. And he's had, what, three, uh, five games on the season where he didn't get to double digits. So definitely not somebody you can trust. This just happened to be, you know, the, ab- the aberration game, like he did against the Texans back in week each he- week eight when he scored two touchdowns, one rushing, one passing. That's what he did today. Uh, But in between those two games, between 8 and 12, he didn't do crap. So, you can't... No, he's not a guy you can really count on. I would go back to being Jim Day, the general manager. Should they have traded Devontae
2: Parker for a
3: fifth? Uh, Should they have traded for a fifth? No. I don't think anybody should be traded for a fifth unless you really, really just want to get rid of him. You know, if you go through Every draft, any every NFL draft, and look at all the fifth round picks. You'd be amazed that you know there's probably a good seventy-five percent of them who aren't in the league even a couple of years after being drafted. Fifth round picks are absolutely dart throws that ninety percent of the time don't even hit the board. So, what pick would you have had to if so? What would someone have had to offer you for you to move Parker? We're talking a fourth. Third, You weren't getting well, you got to remember when third. when we're talking about the you know the trade deadline, he had just come off just come back from injury and had that big game. So if, well, if you couldn't get something, deal him. but that's what I'm saying. If you couldn't get something better for him at that point, then you have to really sit down and just. Discuss with management whether or not you're a decent general manager in this league, because that would have been the time to try and get something better for him. But look, his history is against him, and it would be real hard for any team to want to give more than that for him. But for for me, I, I mean, pff, I'm not a Parker guy. I've never been a Parker guy. Uh, he's he shows he has flashes of talent, and then the rest of the time he's just garbage. And you know, some of that could be laid at Tannehill's feet, but not all of it and you know he, he reminds me a lot of you know Amari Cooper when Amari Cooper was in and even not as good as Cooper was so it's just not a guy I, I like a lot that I don't know if I'm gonna lay all the blame on his his feet because there's, there's a lot of blame to go around in this Miami offense and what they're doing the fact of the matter is you know Kenyon Drake can't even beat out a 35 year old Frank Gore to get you know main carry numbers and Stop getting in this timeshare with Gore. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of things to go around on this offense.
2: Yeah, plus uh, this, uh, this team is screwed. Uh, Mack
3: a, <laughs> tell us Marlon how you really feel. Uh,
2: I, to Miami. <laughs> Ugh, I had a cup of Miami for somebody. For hey, they're
3: East. in second place in the AFC East. That may tell you all you need to know about the AFC East. <laughs> uh,
2: Marlon Mack had a concussion during this game. Uh, I didn't return. Yes, he did. Uh, I, mean, I I think we all assume he'll be ready to play next week, but let's say he's not. Are you going balls to the wall, are you going all in for Naheem Hines if he's on your waiver wire?
3: Week thirteen. No let's say you no. need you need to win too. <laughs> uh if if I need to win, then no. Look, I, I you know, Heinz has done a little more than I thought he was even gonna do this year, but no, I mean I d I don't think so. He he got a good start early in the season when luck was dinking and dunking pretty much every throw he made, but since he's gotten better and as and, and starting to go down in the field, we don't see that as much. So it's really hard to, to think Hines would, would be a guy that can come in and win you a game in week 13.
2: Well, you know, if you need to win,
3: he's available starting
2: running back. Once again, this is assuming Mac is out. We don't know that for sure yet. He has a concussion. He'll be in the protocol. Generally, these guys come out of it Thursday or Friday, but we can't be sure of that. Uh, Eric Ebron. <laughs> this guy's been the bane of my existence so far this year. 545 two touchdowns. I mean, last week had a donut. Doyle also got a touchdown today. <laughs> what are we doing?
3: Well, it, you know, this was an easy one to see. I mean, as soon as they declared Mo Alley Cox out, you had to figure the Ebron was going to be huge. Yeah, uh it's just a, it's <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> just frustrating. I have Jack my, my wife my wife has one fantasy team. And on that team, she has Eric Ebron. And this past week, she, we talked about it. And she picked up Cameron Brate. So all morning, she was going back and forth. She should, be, should she put Brate in or she put Ebron in and going back and forth and going back and forth, coming off to zero. And then Brate scores early. And every, You know, she put Ebron in, but Brate scored early and everything started going downhill until Ebron finally scored.
2: Can't win with Ebron, man. All right, Jim Day, Fantasy Taz. I'm George Kurtz. We'll be back. Fantasy Football Rewind going over week 12. All right, everybody, welcome back. Fantasy Football Rewind. Fantasy Taz, Jim Day, I'm George Kurtz. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Try DailyRoto.com for free this Thanksgiving. That's right, free advice from fantasy millionaires, free daily fantasy projections, and free access to everything you need to dominate NFL DFS this Thanksgiving. Don't be turkey. Head over to, to dailyrodo.com and enter the promo code tg 18 to access your free five-day trial, that's DailyRoto.com, promo code tg It It is Thanksgiving weekend, right? Week 12, Thanksgiving weekend, trade deadlines uh, gone in most leagues here. Uh, Jim, I'm assuming, I, how many leagues do you play in again? That's a question I was like asking Jim Day. Well,
3: regular leagues, season, leagues. Yeah, regular leagues, 26.
2: 26, that's, uh, so if anybody doesn't know Jim Day, that's light. I've talked to Jim <laughs> over the years, he's played in over 100. Uh, so that's light for you. Uh, I'm assuming all your league, all your league trade deadlines over
3: uh, I believe so. yes, week twelve is usually for most of them yeah,
2: right, so same here. mine are all done uh was this did you find this season more trades, less trades or same as always, but nobody's dealing
3: actually, I made over the last two weeks, I probably made close to. 30 30 a little over 30 trades in in all of my different leagues trying to move some people around and get ready for playoff runs
2: yeah i found this year to be a little better a little better jim where like we could make some deals here in past years i've i've always thought that you know trading has been impossible really it's your fault it's my fault because people are afraid of us going oh you're an idiot why'd you make that deal
3: you yeah.
2: Know, yeah you know i think that's why people nobody wants to make a fair deal anymore jim Everyone wants to have a I i do
3: no, I so, do. So, yeah, so I, do I, I, but no one else does. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I do it for a specific reason. First of all, if you make a good trade with somebody that helps both teams, and believe me, it, it can be done. But if you make a, a, a trade that benefits both teams, the next time you come around, you know, they'll be more willing partners. See, the problem for guys like you and I is, you know, a lot of guys don't want to trade with us because of what we do. They think, you know, we know something they don't, and we're, we're trying to get over on them. So, you know, I try to build good, uh, you know, rapport with other owners so I don't have to deal with that. But we still have to deal with it a ton more than most will.
2: Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Uh, the, uh, trading in the home leagues is impossible because they all just assume that we know something they don't. Which, of <laughs> course, sometimes that's true. It is our job. But <laughs> yeah, usually, right. usually I just want to make a deal. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I don't know. This guy's fine. They, they think I'm trading a player who broke his leg in like 13 places two minutes ago. Like, no, I just, want, just need to make a deal. But it's, it's difficult. They all, Everybody assumes. You know, it's, uh, I played at one friends and family league, and the deadline was Wednesday. And uh, it's a, a draft pick uh, deal, and a draft pick league. So uh, I was in it. I, was, I wanted to trade for Melvin Gordon. I needed a running back. And I contacted this guy. And uh, I, it's someone else's friends and family league. I'm, I'm a friend. But he never, he never even got back to me. Of course, about three hours later, one of his family members got in touch, and he dealt the the, uh, the player to him. Say, like, great, thanks. So I lost a player that I could have had for the same price, and I contacted him much earlier because they wouldn't get back to me, which is so so. I'm, – I'm not angry at all, though, Jim. I'm just fine. Yeah,
3: not, not at all. No, <laughs> well, not, not angry well, at all. Well, my one friend's league, they, they only have one rule. I am not allowed to come to the draft with any – Paper, product, computer, any writing utensil, nothing like that. When we go to the draft, I have to do it all off the top of my head.
2: Oh, that's not right.
3: Not <laughs> even a cheat sheet? Not even a cheat sheet.
2: Well, that's generally all I bring. I, know, I, don't, I never bring a computer to it, not a football draft. Baseball is a little different, but not a football draft. But I am bringing a cheat sheet just so I can remember who's gone. <laughs> or you're going to hear me say, I'm, I'm going to take this guy, this guy, is it's going to be taken. You know, We're going to be here all day. So uh yeah, I, I I football's a little different as far as drafting, but I think that's a little uh, little out there. I was in a draft once where it, uh it was, base, it was a baseball draft, but you weren't allowed to use a computer. And it was idiotic. I'm like, Well how can I keep track of how much money's on someone's team? You yeah. Know, right. And ba- right? And they uh, I was like that was idiotic. They were just, just so old school and uh, <laughs> I, I I left that league real quick. I thought that was they had so many silly rules in that league. Fantasy should be fun. Bottom line it should be fun. And uh trading in my mind is Listen, you and I are about the same age. We've been playing this forever. Back when we first started, trading was everywhere. Every week you were making yep. deals. Everybody wanted to make a deal. It was great. You know, but now it's uh it's definitely calmed down. So everybody's everybody's in love and over generally over evaluates their own players, which is a big problem as well. So yeah, uh, eh, what are you gonna do? Right? We uh we live and we learn. I hate the only thing I hate about trades, I hate trade vetoes, Jim.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, I don't play in any league that has that opportunity. The only one who should be able to veto a trade is a commissioner, and that's only if it's outright uh, collusion.
2: Agreed. I've written, this, written about this many times. Just, it's just yep. collusion. You can't, you can't veto a deal because you think one side has got the better of the other. I can't tell you how many times over the years where I thought, oh, wow, this guy got ripped off, only to find out, oh, yep. wow, well, that side won the deal. Yeah, you know, at the end of the it end, happens
3: just, too often. It, you know, this is the one thing I tell everybody. You can never say it can't happen. You just can't. No. Plus, a- anything is nature. possible. Yep.
2: It's it's also human nature. You're going to veto a deal, not because the deal is unfair, but because it hurts you.
3: Right. It you helps know? another team. It does you know, or you're pissed that you didn't get the guy that got traded because you yes, wanted him yes. to. Yeah, no, I don't play in a single league that allows leagues to trade uh, to to vote on trades. I just won't do it. I can't stand it. It's the worst thing in fantasy football ever.
2: Yeah, no, I certainly on that platform, with the trade should only be vetoed if it's collusion. Other than that, you know, it's just also, listen, owners have to be able to make their own mistakes. That's how they'll learn. That's how they'll yep. get better.
3: You know, that's so, uh, exactly I, right. And besides, none of us could see the future. No. No, I probably have a bigger house if I can see the future. Just <laughs> guessing.
2: Here. Uh, speaking of the future. Josh Rosen and the Arizona Cardinals. getting worse and worse. Yeah, not a good game today. I mean, hey, Chargers spotted them 10 points uh, and
3: still covered the 12-point spread easily. Yeah, easily by far. (laughs) Yeah, Rosen got up to that nice start, marched right down the field in the first drive, got, got that touchdown to Fitzgerald, and I'm like, yes, look at this. Nice start for them. And then completely downhill from there. <laughs> I mean, he was, only I ended mean, up with 105 yards passing. Yeah. Oh, man, you kidding me? <laughs>
2: uh, now, let me ask you. Uh, I'm assuming you own Melvin Gordon in a few leagues.
3: I, I have him in a couple one. leagues. Not as many as most, but yeah.
2: Did you, want, As a fantasy owner, did you want him to play today?
3: No. Neither did not I. Not at all. I, in the leagues that I do have him, I didn't start him today. Um, I either started Austin Eckler over him, or I started, you know, in in one league, I actually started Gus Edwards over him. The injury he had, look, it was so easy for him to re-aggravate that injury and not finish the game, or, you know, like this, the blowout would be no reason for him to have to finish the game. So, you know, everything pointed to him not being there the whole game. And, you know, while he could have done well while he was in there, there was just, you know, too much not to like. And he did do well. I mean he had the two damn touchdowns. Um so sitting on my bench. But luckily Eckler, you know, ended up having a good game himself. Uh, you know, especially in the receiving game. But, you know, it, it's just I, I didn't like it at all. It was just too much risk. And and then did you see what took him out of the game? That leg whip, man, that was nasty. Um that, that defender, I mean the defender didn't try to do it. His whole body just went flying around. It just caught Gordon right in the lower legs and took him right out. Yeah,
2: it, it caught him flush. It caught him right, yeah. flush right. Uh, I, I called it a leg whip as well, and I think what Jim and I are both trying to say, yes, it was a leg whip, but not an illegal leg whip. You know, he just the defender got hit at the same time. But, Yeah, no, no
3: yeah, the fender just went flying in a helicopter route. He didn't have any choice. <laughs> right, yeah, so, so, so it wasn't out. like he stuck his leg out to to get him. His legs just came whipping around and just took Gordon out hard. Yeah, not a dirty play at all. But they're saying Gordon has
2: an MCL injury. Uh, yeah, sprain. Right, so listen, boys and girls. A so sprain is a tear, by the way. I love when they call it a sprain. That I means a tear. Just a degree of tear. It's the only thing that's changed here. Uh, I, I imagine he'll be iffy for next week at best, and uh, maybe. Well, wait, wait, wait. I,
3: I gotta temper that. Not all sprains are tears. Sure, they are. Um, you, 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 can have a strain where sprain where it just gets stretched out and it's a little loose, without yeah, it that's, tearing.
2: That's more of a strain than a sprain, though. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you're, different. You're talking there.
3: semantics. You're talking sprain? semantics. Sprain
2: to tear. Yeah, well, they,
3: they, they, they can't call it anything yet because they haven't done the tests on it. So for them to even call it a sprain is, you know, without going through the visual test, they can't really know that.
2: Uh, they, well, they have a, oh, Dalvin Cook just scores for everybody, so we guess so we can get off his back there, too. Uh, by the way, anybody who's listening to us and not watching the game, Aaron Rodgers hit Devontae Adams for a touchdown earlier in this game, and Dalvin Cook just ran one in uh, to tie the game up. And Oh, my
3: God, they're doing the limbo. Okay, now you got to stop doing that because I'm I'm streaming and I'm behind you. Oh, sorry about that.
2: Uh, <laughs> one reason not to stream, I guess. Let me. Okay, this is gonna be a pet peeve of mine. All right, uh, not the streaming thing. Do you give a crap about the celebrations?
3: No, not really. No, you know, crazy. Um, you know, every Michael Thomas with the the phone thing. You know you know, Joe Horn, uh, you know, uh, great, uh, but stupid at, at a point like that in a game that's that tight and, you know, gives the other team 15 yards late in the game, gives them I an pissed. easier chance to try and score. Uh, I mean, to me, that that's ridiculous. He'd be sitting on my damn bench. I don't care what kind of study he is. I hate that stuff.
2: Yeah, all right. Once again, you and I are way too alike. What I, I, you just said is 100% what I would do. You'd be benched. I mean, when's Amichael? Uh, fan, when Zeke Elliott put Dak Prescott in the uh, the kettle, and he took a fifteen yard yeah. penalty, and then Washington goes right down and scores, that made your score irrelevant because of what yep. you just did. And the game was over at that point, but you put them back in the game. And, I mean, if I'm Garrett, or you mentioned Sean Payton, or all these other anything you do that purposely you know is going to get a fifteen
3: yard penalty, your ass is on the bench, or you're running laps all damn week. You know, I mean, well, how about uh, the team? How about Fournette today throwing punches, getting ejected out of a game? Yeah, how stupid is that? I, I mean the, that might have what, what, you co- no, what what good is it when you're trying to throw punches at a guy that's got a helmet on and he had a full visor as well. So what are you gonna do? Punch punch his helmet? Really? Are you that stupid? <laughs> yes, they are obviously stupid. he was.
2: <laughs> but you get these other players. I mean as far as the celebrations there it's I me. look at me because that's what a celebration
3: is. look at me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's not a bad you know, And team, then, man. and then the league, you know, passes down these arbitrary, you know, penalties and fines and stuff. Yet, you know, you get uh, Tyree Kill. He jumps into the stands, takes control of a camera, and doesn't get any fine. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Either it does, it is a fine, or it's not. It shouldn't be arbitrary. Uh, once again, I
2: agree. Uh, I I just, but I, I bring this up because once again, you and I are of the same age. So on Thanksgiving, I asked my nephew. You know he's twenty or around twenty, and I asked him you know, maybe I understand the younger generation may like this crap, and he, and he said the same thing. No, I don't care. You know I don't. No one's watching these, or at least everybody I talk to is yeah. not watching the celebrations. Yet it seems like now everybody, like if you go on Twitter with all the uh, you know, the ESPN guys, they'll say, "Oh, what a great celebration!" Duh, 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 duh. It's like they they have to because also the NFL wants this. What group of people cares? Yeah. I mean, what really? Uh, it's not like when I watch a game. You know, I'm watching a game on Sunday at the gym, and I have, I have the tickets, so I watch all the games. It's not like when someone scores, I keep that the chat that channel on, so I want to see the celebration. No, I go to the next game.
3: Yeah, all right, exactly. No,
2: that's that's it. I mean, I just I just don't get it. Yes, the the limbo they did was kind of funny, you know, but I don't care. I'm not going to remember yeah. it in ten minutes that they did the limbo. I, I just listen. I just think, uh, and it might be nice, by the way, maybe if you practice something else that lets you win the game rather than what you're going to do. You know, as far as a celebration, maybe practice running routes, or catching, whatever. It's, it's, a pet, it's a pet peeve of mine. I know that. All right. But it's a pet peeve. All right. Back to Melvin Gordon, though. All right. I bring this up when I asked you the question. I felt the same way. As a Gordon owner, I didn't want him to play today. A, because it would have made my decision easier. To start somebody else rather than have a debate, do I start Gordon? Because I felt the same exact way as you. I was worried about the blowout, that he wouldn't play in the second half, you know, and I was worried he might re injure the knee, which would be, you know, awful. He ended up re injuring, well, I guess it's not a re injury. This might be a new injury for the way he was hit. But uh, yeah. I didn't want him to play today. And I just thought this was short sighted thinking of the coaching staff. Why would you put him in? You knew you were going to beat the Cardinals. All right, maybe you don't beat him 45 10. Maybe you beat him 38 10 without Gordon. I mean, in my mind, this is where the GM has to step up here. Because I think most coaches only think about the game. And they, you know, they always want their best players in. The GM has to think long-term and, and think logically here. We're going to beat the Cardinals with or without Gordon. Let's sit him this week, give him an extra week's rest. You know, Sort of like they did when they went to London here. I just thought this was extremely short-sighted thinking by the Chargers coaching staff. And maybe it won't matter because they have, what, a game or two lead in the wild card. They're not going to catch KC anyway. So maybe it doesn't matter here, and Gordon's healthy enough by the week 15, week 16. But I thought this was short-sighted thinking.
3: Uh, again, same thing as last week. You know, he ended up having to talk them into letting him play. I mean, uh, good fantasy game for him. I'm not saying it wasn't. But for, from an NFL standpoint, I, I agree with you. Let these guys get healthy. Stop trying to rush them back in games that you think you should be winning anyway. Now, what I'm a proponent of, uh, as far as the NFL, uh,
2: you know, they used to have two bye weeks back for a little short time here. I'm wondering, you know, as far as I they'll be negotiating the new CBA soon. Uh, I mean, this is this part of me being greedy, too, because I want to kill the month of February? I hate February. There's nothing to do with the Super Bowl, right? It's too <laughs> early for baseball. It's cold. You and I live in New York, New Jersey. It's too damn cold. So I like
3: to. Well, see you got to with- join me in some in some fantasy drafts. Then. I, I do. I, I start drafting fair. as soon as the Super Bowl is over. Same here. Literally, the next day. I play in plenty of baseball leagues. Probably too many. Oh, no, I mean anyway.
2: football. I know, you, I know not you're not talking about <laughs> football. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Believe me, we all see the draft masters, Jim. Anybody who follows Jim, we, we see them. Um, so, anyway, um, I would like to see them go to a 20-week regular season and go to two bye weeks and get rid of two preseason games. You know, I, I know, listen, they, the, the players don't play in all the preseason games anyway, so it's not going to help their bodies all that much, but I wonder if you go to, a, like I said, you add you go to an 18-game season, two bye weeks, 20 weeks, we kill February, then we have football till the end of February. I mean, am I crazy here, Jim? Can this work?
3: Heck, I say, why stop there? I say, you know, <laughs> blow, blow it out to a 24-game season, you know. Uh, let, let's take it over, you know, two-thirds of the, of the year like all these other freaking sports do. All these bum <laughs> sports like baseball and hockey, they play way much longer than they have to.
2: Yeah, I don't think you're going to get uh, Dave Maurice Smith to agree on that. But uh, I do think there's a bargaining to be done for two extra games, but an extra bye week, plus all the money you'll get. You know, because you know, the TV contracts will be large and all that stuff. So uh, I would love to see that. Uh, it, it's a, part of its greed for me. I want to kill February. I hate the month of February. You get Valentine's Day, which is a made-up holiday, which every guy gets screwed, uh, and not in a good way. Uh, so I'd like to get rid of... Uh,
3: well, well I, I say if we go to that, then we have to make it that the Super Bowls are always on Saturday night.
2: Oh, i that's another thing I agree with. Why don't they <laughs> do that anyway? This Is the what, the second biggest party night of the year, I believe? Super Bowl outside of uh, New Year's Eve? Yeah. So why wouldn't you want that on a day where the next day we're all off?
3: Well, the reason they don't want it is because if they do it Sunday night, then they have the full weekend where everybody that's there is doing something, spending money. Whereas if they have it Saturday night, a lot of people will go home on Sunday. So yeah, it's right. purely from a numbers, you know, dollar standpoint from them.
2: Yeah, I guess I see the valid point there. I guess I do. Still, I'd like to it see that. It still sucks. <laughs> I, want, I, want to, I want to fix the bye week problem. I hate the fact that one team plays the team coming over a bye. I like I see every division get their own bye or two divisions a week. And this, uh, this way it's all even and play each other after the bye. So it's all fair here. This is the this is the the George Kirk's bitching hour of the show and things I'd like to change here. Be back, Jim Day, fantasy football rewind right after this.